Philip Malloy comes through the door no. with his news on um, film and television. Just to get you updated, yeah. uh, I'm on number episode seven, series two, Breaking Bad. Oh, so it's about time anyway you got yeah, to it. I, I mean, it's belated. I mean, the whole of Western Europe has seen it and you haven't seen it yet, you know? Well, I'm there. But the other interesting thing um, uh, with Breaking Bad, because I'm, I'm, I'm not watching it in like an episode at a time. Like no. sometimes I do three episodes mm. and then sometimes I do it in bed. But the, the thing about Netflix is like you can have it on your computer or you can have it on your tablet or whatever it is so like interesting how I go to bed and I turn on the iPad and I'm lying in bed. So watching. you're on a television in your room? I have but yes. I watch it on the iPad. Uh, no I mean a big screen television is what you want to be looking at it on. Yes, but I watch it on the iPad. Okay, all right, off with you then. Watch it on I the just iPad. don't, I want to ask your opinion on <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, because yeah, as yeah. you say, yeah. every single person listening to the programme yes. has watched Breaking yes. Bad, right? I mean, it's a true, it's a real, we, we hear about The Sopranos and Wired um, and all those great shows, and obviously you're sick of me talking about uh, Deadwood and stuff like that, but... I, I think ultimately um, this is the program that, that that went out ahead of every 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 other one. Do in term, you? Yes, in terms of quality, um, in terms of what it's done for cable television, in terms of the way it was received. Uh, he got um, Brian Cranston. I think he's won four Emmys. Uh, so I, I think it's all it was all really good and positive uh, for television. Yeah, but it also was, I think. Classic. It went back to the 1940s almost. It became classic episodic television in the hero was going to get shot or mm. run over by a train at the end of every episode. At the end of every episode, there's a kind of a... You must watch this well, next not, week. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it's, it's not exactly cliffhanger, but I no, see what you but, mean, yeah. But you, there was always something in yourself, got to get back next week, yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's more of it, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the other thing what I did you say you're on you're on the second series episode 7 episode of seven. I think 14 I, I wanted to ask you something mm. uh, about a lot of these things, like say The Wire right um, like the black guys in The Wire mm. it seemed to me were recruited from downtown Baltimore you know what I they mean they looked so real they yes. felt so real and yeah. particularly I had to put on subtitles to understand what they were talking about sometimes mm. okay mm. In in this, um, and, and particularly, I, either it's the makeup artist or something. There, it's it's, it's serious too. So you might remember, but there are two junkies, a man and a woman, mm. of a little boy. Mm. Remember that? Yes, yeah. I thought, where'd they get them? Yeah. I mean, again, but that's what, that that's it again. It was so well cast. Everything about it seemed right, you know. Yeah. And um, and it, as you say, I mean, uh, for, for, you know, uh, the Wire actually discovered one. Of, I think one of the best English actors I've seen in decades was Idris Elba. Yes. You know, he's yeah, he played Stringer Bell in the yeah. Wire, and uh, that's that, that's how he he had been around for a while. But he came through through on, okay. on that series. Now, um, any good movies? Oh, of course, Disney. Um, Tonight in Dundrum Centre, they're having a special showing of uh, John Hamm's uh, 
million dollar baby. Million dollar arm. Million dollar arm. Yes, and John Hamm, just in case you miss, John Hamm will be one of our guests on the picture show at six o'clock on Saturday here on News Talk. All right. Yes. And you interview him in America? I'm interviewing him tomorrow. In America. In America, yeah. All right. So, um, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that, and as you've said, I think uh, already on the program, uh, Million Dollar Arm. It's based on a true story, and it's about this um, sports agent uh, played by John Hamm, um, who's down on his luck, and he goes to India to try and find a couple of cricket player cricketers um, who could be turned into yeah, baseball, uh, baseball pitchers. Players, p- pitchers yeah. Because it's Disney, uh, presumably it's a sort of a U certificate and all that well, sort of stuff, is it? Yeah, I think it's 12A um, yeah. and there isn't, I mean, there isn't any really bad language or anything in it. Um, it's and But it's, it's a, a kids movie, is it? Well, kids could go to it. I mean, if it's 12A, it's 12, it means 12's accompanied. You know, but so, but it's an adult movie, is it? Yeah, yeah. It, it's an adult story. Um, it's, right. I think it's a, it's a wee bit long, uh, but it's a story with charm and personality, and he's very, very good in it. And there's a really good supporting cast in it. There's a lovely actress called Lake Bell, um, and as I said to you, I think last week or the week before, Alan Arkin is in it, um, and it's it's he okay. Uh, the, the the agent is at the centre of the story, but he's surrounded by really interesting. All characters. right. Any movies? Uh, out this week? Okay, first of all, there's one called Lucy, and uh, it's a, an I suppose it's an 89 minute thriller. Uh, it's directed by a fella called, uh, written and directed by a fella called Luke Besson. Have you I ever thought heard? he was dead. No, he's still he's like, been making he's movies the, forever, and they're all the same. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, so uh, anyway, it's it, all through the first half of it, it sort of keeps cutting back uh, to this university lecture, which is given by a character played by Morgan Freeman, and he's a explaining to this very sort of attentive audience of students um, and other lectures that the uh, that we only use this old old thing that we only use 10% of our brain right oh, yeah. and uh, so he speculates on what would happen if we use more of it and at the same time then in Taipei there's this young woman she's a student and she's played by your, your pal Scarlett Johansson and uh, she is actually going through what he's describing in other words uh, her boyfriend uh, has done this deal with a, a, a crook, with a, a vicious gangster in Taipei, and wh- wh- what they've done is they've they they have the, these packets of crystals, and they've put they've put her under, and basically they injected the crystals into her. Well, they put the crystals into her, a pouch of crystals into her belly, right? The, anyway, what happens is the crystals. Uh, the the pouch breaks, the crystals go into her bloodstream, and she begins to develop the, um, right. the, this okay. mental capacity. So that's what it's about. Luc Besson, uh, his uh, his CV. Oh, all kinds of things. Well, he started the bake, or the the Taken movies. You know the ones that yes. Liam Neeson is in. Yeah. Okay, he's on the third one now. I don't know how, how they're going to get through the third one. <laughs> is the is the young one going to be kidnapped again? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm going to uh, transporter uh, Betty Blue. All, all of these kind of movies. He's and he. he he produces and he writes and directs, uh, and so he has this operation going. It's not a studio, but he certainly has this production operation going 
that works out very well for him. All right. With this film, it's it's I think it's typically flash, and it's a superficial thriller, and uh, I I think it lacks sort of coherence and and uh, and, and 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 plot development. Uh, it opened at number one, believe it or not, in the United States, but then um, uh, the rebooted uh, Teenage Ninja, Ninja Turtles opened at number one uh, the week before last as well. So that doesn't say anything right. about it. But it, I think, in fact, that thrillers require better direction than almost any other type of movie. Why, why do you say that? Well, like the real thriller, yeah. it, it, it grasps you, and yeah. and yeah. you you like the character, or you don't like the character, yeah. or you you're sympathetic to the character. It requires great uh, character development, I yeah. think, by the, the, the writer the, director. Yeah, the one thing you'd say about the Taken films and and Neeson is okay. He comes to whatever he's late fifties. He's over sixty now. He comes to the late fifties stage in his life, and all of a sudden he becomes an action man. All of a sudden he starts to make thrillers but the reason I think they work is not that there's any great sort of in fact to some extent the plotting is fairly ludicrous but he's there at the centre of it and he brings gravitas to us he brings weight to it he brings he brings a, a humanity to it you can actually believe in this guy you know but you see I think the French were great at making thrillers I think mm. I think because they made them in black and white I yeah. think that did something Melville and people like those what? Yeah. Melville remember Melville yeah. yeah and, and uh, then I think these great movies they made uh, uh, the wonderful one with Simone Signoret where there were two women in yeah. love with the yeah. French headmaster yeah. and they yeah. killed them. Uh, the, the, that was uh, very good, yeah. The, the one where, uh, what was the one where they were carrying out the robbery and there was about four or five minutes in which there wasn't a word. Top spoke. Cappy, was it? No, no. No. That, no. Uh, and then it was the other great one, um, The Wages of the Fear. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. So anyway, look, we digress. A, the, actually, there was a remake of that um, which I think is underrated, directed by William Friedkin, who also oh, did. Yeah. Who also did The Exorcist, called Sorcerer. All right. Yeah. Now you're going to talk about a horror movie. Yeah. So okay. I should it's, leave. it's Delivers from Evil, and in fact, I just interviewed before I came in. I just interviewed the director from Hollywood, a fellow called Scott uh, Derrickson, and we interviewed him on the set of a movie that he's now producing. Okay. It's called Delivers from Evil, and it's um, it it is about this. Um, this New York cop, a fellow called Ralph Sarkey, S-A-R-C-H-I-E. And uh, so he's, he's, he, he works in Brooklyn. And Brooklyn, apparently, at the time that we, we, we meet him in this story, which is in the late 80s, apparently it was it had the highest rate of violence in the whole United States, George, Brooklyn. So basically, at one stage, um, he's, he's, he's involved with this priest. And at one stage, the priest says to him that there are two forms of evil. There's primary evil and secondary evil. Secondary evil is what you do um, every day as a New York cop, what you investigate. Primary evil then is supernatural evil. And the movie is about that. It's about him moving from a belief in what he does as a New York cop to the supernatural evil. And uh, 
It's it's it, 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 it rains nonstop in it. It's very <laughs> it's very gritty and grimy. But I think as and and I I generally don't go for possession stories for exorcism kind of stories. But I think this works. Right. Um, you cannot be serious, listener says. Breaking Bad better than The Wire or Deadwood? Writing near well, nowhere. Listen, near. I I actually I I love 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 Deadwood. I I, I love it better than anything else has been on television in recent times so don't talk to me about that all right but uh, this is an interesting point yeah writing nowhere near as good also not one single likable character in breaking bad that is true yeah with the possible exception yeah. of the kid who is ms or yeah whatever. yeah i like the wife as well i think i, I, oh, I think she's no. I, I think she's really the wife good. was dozy yeah, but, uh, she gives women but, a bad name no stop actually she's in deadwood as well um she i do then have uh, you seen her with Joachim Phoenix yes of course yeah is it good? But it's very, it? it's very, very good. It's very. Tony in Termafekin has heard mixed reports. No, it, well, Tony, Tony, if you get the opportunity to see it, um, I, it, it's a completely different role for Joachim Phoenix, and it's basically, um, it, it's basically about this character who falls in love with the voice on his computer, and the voice is provided by Scarlett Johansson. You know, by the way, I want to defend myself yeah, yes, here. Yeah. You said your pal Scarlett Johansson. Well, I thought I, you appreciated her. I think she's, no, I don't. Yeah, she started out as a child actress. I don't like Scarlett Johansson. Do you not? Why? I just. Uh, what movie did she make that would have had me jumping up and down? I know. I don't know about you jumping up and down. There's strange things that you. No, I'm not talking about physical attraction. Yeah. I'm talking about a part that she played that would have had me jumping up and down. Yeah, she's uh, she's been in all kinds of good things. I think you still uh, haven't found. One, even though the family or, uh, well actually have a listen to her or have a look at Lost in Translation well Lost in Translation was okay but the producer now is he, <laughs> need, he needs help from time to time <laughs> but her is her okay. is wonderful and um, and that, that man in Termin Fekin I, I, I would recommend uh that you get it. Okay. It's out on it's out on DVD, by the way, and um, it's it's a love story, but it's a love story involving this 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 guy, uh, played by um, Joachim Phoenix, and the voice on his computer. All right, what about Veep, the American comedy series? Della Navin says, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Like I've it? seen it. Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times. Um, it's it, a British. Uh, it's written by a British guy called Armando Iannucci. Yeah. Yeah. British. He is, he is, yeah. And I love Mike in Dublin. He says, a movie about cricket and baseball sucks. Well, I, I'd agree with you, Mike, about the, <laughs> about the cricket. I think it's the most boring game in the world, uh, I, although Hook is always on about it. So, um, All right. Now... Um, you want to mention Robin Williams at this stage. I, before you do, hmm. Derek in Temple Oak rescues me from my bad memory by referring to Jules Dassin. Uh, yes. Refifi. Refifi, uh, yeah. The French film with a 25-minute sequence with no words. Yeah. Uh, Melville's... Jules Dassin, by the way, was one... One of the people that was blacklisted in uh, in, in Hollywood in the All early fifties, right. yeah. Uh, Melville's Les Cirque. Uh, Le yes, Cirque Rouge. Yeah. Le Cirque Rouge, great. It did a 20 minute homage. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And talk about black and white, it looks great in black and Marvel white. I mean, can I just say to you, and we just mentioned Neeson, there were reports a couple of years ago that Neeson was doing a remake, but I don't know what happened to it. Marvel did a fantastic movie with. 
Uh, Alan Delon was always in his movies. Yes. Yeah. But but it was with the French Resistance. Uh, do you remember that was Simone Signoret was in it? What's that? I don't know. Yeah. French movie. Fant- I love French movies. What are you going to say about Robin? Well, oh, okay. He had four films, just to tell people. He had four films awaiting release when he died. Um, uh, okay. Awaiting release? Awaiting he, release. Awaiting, absolutely. Awaiting release. Um, it, in recent times, we've had the deaths, uh, unexpected deaths. So we've had Philip Seymour Hoffman, obviously, um, and Paul uh, Walker. And they were at the Hunger Games. They were in the Hunger Games and they were in uh, Fast and Furious 7. And in both cases, um, they, the films had to be kind of rebooted because they hadn't finished work on them but he had finished work on four um, there's Night at the Museum 3 which is the secret of the tomb it's called the secret of the tomb there's that and then there's one called Merry Friggin Christmas and the two of those will be out before Christmas after that then he, he's done one called Absolutely Anything and Absolutely Anything um, has him um, uh, he, he actually plays the voice of a dog in it. It's a mixture of live action and animation. He plays the voice of a dog. All of the Monty Python team are in it. The Monty Python team play uh, these aliens who come to Earth and they give this man uh, the power to do absolutely anything, knowing that he'll go too far. And he's played by Simon Pegg. So that's another one uh, due out. And the fourth one then is a drama called uh, Boulevard. And uh, Now to have four films in the cast. Yeah, yeah, but most that's the way they work now, George. But he must have worked incredibly hard. I mean, yeah. well, he must have been. Yeah, well, some of them, uh, okay, some of them, okay. The the one, absolutely anything, a voice performance, basically. So okay. he'd go into a studio, maybe two days, and he'd do the job. Okay. And uh, as well in um, in in the Night at the Museum movies, it's it's basically an extended cameo that runs throughout the movies. Uh, he plays uh, Teddy Roosevelt, George. Teddy Roosevelt, he plays. Oh, the yeah. Rough Riders. Yes, the Rough Riders, yeah. San Juan Hill. San Juan Hill, that's right. You got it all. Can you remember anybody who played Teddy Roosevelt? Teddy Roosevelt, Brian Keats. Oh, yeah. Lovely actor, Brian yeah. Keats. He played him on, um, I think it was a miniseries on television. I think he was in a movie with Doris Day. He was. With Six You Get Egg Roll. Well done. <laughs> I'm, not there for, I'm not there for nothing, you know. <laughs> All right. Name the movie with Teddy Roosevelt's son in uh, it. He was playing... He was played he was by... No, he was, he was a character played by Henry Fonda. Character played by Henry Fonda. Go ahead. The Longest Day and... A, oh, that's right. They call him Teddy. That's right. Yeah, I remember it now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was suffering from arthritis. Yeah, yeah. But he was the, he was, he was the highest ranked uh, army man to go uh, uh, ashore on D-Day. Yeah. Died during the war. Died suddenly of a heart attack. Anyway... Uh, Doctor Who, no yes. less. Yeah, What's I just I, well, I just thought uh, there's a big splashes all over the place on him, so I just thought we'd we'd put it in um, f- because he's coming back. He's coming back for twelve new episodes on star- television on television next Saturday night. And stars, it's another Doctor Who. I think he's the twelfth Doctor Who, and he's played by that great um, Scottish actor uh, Peter Capaldi, who I did not like. In the Three Musketeers, well, a, in the he wasn't BBC the only one. Series. Yeah, he wasn't the only one you didn't like. There was a lot to Everybody dislike. Everybody thought yeah. it was appalling. Yeah, it was very poor. But anyway, oh, you agree? Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, he, played, right. he, played, he, played, he played Richelieu in it. Yeah. He played the Cardinal, oh, which is a great terrible. part for great someone part. like yeah. him, you know. Yeah, and they and made a complete Horlicks. They made, so it, it. made a Horlicks out. So, uh, okay, it's back on uh, on Saturday night. Uh, but one of the things, uh, who 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 is the first Doctor Who? Well, it's very easy yeah. because <laughs> he was, no, no. Ah. He, no, it's very easy because not only was he the first Doctor Who, yeah. he was also the first Carry On movie. No, he was. Carry on, he ca- carry on sergeant and he was the sergeant yeah Bob William Monk, Hartnell Bob Monkhouse and Shirley yeah. Eaton yeah, yeah William yeah. Hartnell yeah William Hartnell that's I right. nearly and kissed r- Shirley Eaton and, did and, I ever and, tell you that well, listen, you're not interested no I'm not interested in who you kissed okay I didn't kiss her uh, well, I nearly uh, uh, kissed her well no, even who you nearly kissed alright yeah. but just let me say that um, he was cast there was a producer and actually she went on to a great career in television called Verity Lambert and she saw William Hartnell um uh, in this sporting life, and in this sporting life, he played this this scout I called can't Dad. That. Called Dad. This kind of no, pathetic. Okay, no. a scout called Dad, or a rugby union scout, and she she saw him in that, and she cast him as Doctor Who based on right. that. Uh, he, he, he just let me finish. Right. He, he he ran in Doctor Who for three years, 134 episodes. He did, and one of the things I I, I noticed was he was paid £314 per episode. £314 an episode, yeah. I don't know what that would translate. Now, what was the first cue you saw for the movies? That you stood in a line to get into a movie and you might be turned no, away. I was a very small child, but get a, I'll, I'll tell you what used to happen was um, my my granny in Wexford knew that I was addicted to the movies, okay? And my grandfather, uh, he was housebound and he used to have these cage birds in the in the house in a place called Bride Place in Wexford. And what would happen is that I'd go down to what seemed at that stage to be the other end of the town a hardware store called PJ O'Connor's for his bird seed for him every week. I'd bring back the bird seed and he give me two sixpence pieces uh, one for the cinema on Saturday and one for the cinema, cinema on Sunday and that's how I yeah. now I was saying to you off, off the air that I remember seeing my first cue and I don't know why, what kind of effect what was it, the movie? Uh, it, 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 I don't know why The Guns of Navarone it was Okay. You're, good. You were a I child of the I guns. Was, yeah, I was yes, she's yeah. so much younger than me. Yeah. I saw the guns of Navarone with a girl in in the Adelphi. Oh, here we go again. Uh, but the, the, the first queue, I was with my mother. Right, mm. and we stood in the queue forever, and we didn't get in. I mean, the cinema was packed, and we were turned away. Why? It was full. The cinema. I mean. The queue was that big yeah. to see a movie made in 1930-something yeah. well, about uh, the army in, in, uh, against the, the Kitchener's army in Khartoum and all that, yeah. and the fella gets blinded because his helmet got fell off in the sun. Yes, Lawrence Harvey. No, yeah, O'Legion. This what? one was made in the 30s. That's the, the 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 movie that was made again and again, George. The Four Feathers. The Four Feathers. But yeah. Lawrence Harvey wasn't Lawrence, in the original. Lawrence Harvey was in um, a, a rank version of it made in the nineteen fifties, which was in color. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So with Anthony Steele. 
Anthony Steele uh, played the lead in it. The great the, the guy, the guy who got the four feathers. Yeah, you never discuss documentaries, says Paul in Dublin Sixteen. Well, okay, we'll get to it next week uh, because um, there, there's a Stranger Than Fiction festival coming up at the uh, IFI, which the uh, which this station is involved in sponsoring. We're actually supporting it. All right. Yeah. Now it's a fantastic movie. Could I just? Out. Could I? I was coming yeah. in this evening, and uh, <laughs> one of the security guys asked me. He said to me, "What film was Gregory Peck and Tom Cruise in?" Okay. Yeah. What film were Gregory Peck and Tom Cruise? No in? idea. You had no idea. No. So I was. I was. Um, I, I said, "Will you leave it with me?" So I went upstairs, and I was sitting sort of out in the seat in your seat outside, and it just struck me. Do you know what it is? Jack Reacher. There's a sequence in Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher is caught. He's attacked by five guys in a pub. Do you remember that? Yeah, he's yeah. Five, And he's set up for that. So he, he goes uh, to the home of the leader of this group that attacked him, right? And there's an old woman uh, on drugs, and she's out on the, 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 the veranda, you, you might call it. And so he, she's drugged out. So he goes into the house, and he starts to, this is t- Jack Reacher, goes into the house, and he starts to look around for him. And the television is on. And I, the sequence... Um, pretty sure that the sequence that you hear in the background on the television is Gregory Peck telling Hannessy, played by Burr, uh, Burr Lives on the big country, that he's just bought the big muddy yeah, and that he can have access to any amount of water that he wants to. Remember that? Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that's, the, I think that's right, what he now, was talking about. There is a film about a famous event in Irish Army history. Yes. And uh, it's it's the Congo. Yeah. Uh, the first Irish UN soldiers in Blue Berets. The siege of Chadubin. Early 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you have you seen it? No, it's we just stop. It hasn't even been made yet. Oh, we did, we not be oh, jumping ahead of yourself sorry. for God's sake. Okay, it's the seated and Jamie Dornan, who's become the a sort of big thing now. He's um, uh, he's an, an a Belfast actor who he broke through uh, with a, a, a series, a miniseries called The Fall. Do you remember that? And uh, he has a whole variety of things coming up, including Fifty Shades of What's it? That gray, uh, gray, and uh, so he has three or four other things. But he's apparently he's. He's taking the role of Commandant Pat Quinlan, isn't it? Wasn't wasn't he the Irish commander? Yeah. He's he's taking that role in the film, which will I think is due to go into production either later this year or early next year, and it'll be set obviously partly in Ireland, but also. I think they're going to shoot in South Africa or somewhere like that. So uh, it'll be it'll be worth looking out for. Now, the Emmys, right? Yeah. I mean, there's about 5,000 Emmy Awards. You well, can't be talking about them all the time. No, you can't be. And, okay, first of all, um, last we- weekend, last Saturday night, they had what are called the Creative Arts Emmys. And I actually counted the number of sections, George. There's 77 sections in the Creative Arts Emmys. Next uh, next uh, Monday night, you'll get the Primetime Emmys, which is the main ones, you know. The, yeah. Uh, but uh, in the end, I was just, I went down to Room, the seventy-seven sections, and they have they have an Emmy for best prosthetic, best prosthetic they have, and it was won by the way by Game of Thrones, and uh, and as well as that, then there's 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 best makeup um, non prosthetic. <laughs> 
these these are the kind of things that they have. And then there's one for outstanding technical direction, camera work, and video control for a series. They, I, yeah, I mean, they must, I don't know, they must search high and low for these. Well, it, the one will be interesting. Yeah, well, could in, I do, yeah, could it we? will be like when Mad Men comes up against Game yeah. of Thrones. Okay, okay, okay. First so of all, that okay, oh, that's, that's, that'll be next Monday night, okay. And the nominees are Breaking Bad, Downton Abbey, Game of Thrones, House of Cards, Mad Men, and True Detective, okay? Now, what I'd say about those is I, I think um, that Downton Abbey has been very disappointing in the last series and maybe even in the series before. Um, I've been very disappointed anyway, and I wouldn't um, have it in that uh, sort of category at all. What I would, the ones that to me lived up to their quality were Breaking Bad, Mad Men, and, and um, no, sorry, Mad Men wasn't, it was nominated, Mad Men and Game of Thrones. They should be in there as far as I'm concerned. But I would drop um, Downton Abbey and House of Cards. I'd put in if I could get it at all. The Good Wife is not mentioned. The Good Wife wasn't nominated. Uh, I'd have Justified in there. I love Justified, George. I think it's a great series. And again, it hasn't got anything like the, Why has the recognition. Ju- yes, I agree with yeah. you. Why has Justified not got that kind of recognition? I, I don't know. It's a fantastic don't, series. Everything about it, everything about it, Timothy Oliphant is great in the lead. The supporting characters, those people from the hill country of Louisiana, they're great characters. Or even and, Kentucky. There's the Kentucky, yeah. They're great characters. And the, the writing is very, very well, really well plotted. So I, d- I don't understand. I, d- uh, I think that it's, it's, sh- it's shown on TG Cahar now, isn't it? Oh, is it's it? showing on TG Cahar. Right, okay. And I was looking at it in HMV earlier, when was it, last weekend. Uh, they have they have the first four series available in box set if anyone wants to have a look. All right, now, Irishman and Peter Canning won an Emmy for his lighting work at the Sochi Olympics. Okay. Okay, very nice. Uh, congratulations to him. Uh, as, as well, if we just want to mention then the, uh, the the nominees for lead actor in a drama, Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad, um, Jeff Daniels for The Newsroom, uh, John Hamm for Mad Men, Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey for True Detective and Kevin Spacey for House of Cards. Now, what I would do there is, first of all, Brian Cranston has, has won, I think, four times, so he's been well honoured. Jeff Daniels won it last year. John Hamm has never won it, but what I would do is I'd make it between Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey because that was a six-part series that's True Detective and obviously they're not going to have another opportunity I to get accept it. that yeah, so I give it to uh, McConaughey but I just on Dunton Abbey because we're running out of time yeah, yeah. I think it has got progressively worse yes I agree and I think the character of the Irish fella is, has been appallingly written now yeah, well, what, what, as what, that series yeah, well, has yeah, gone yeah, but on what, what, I think they're up to about 1994 now and your now. one and is a complete I, yeah, bend uh, Michelle Dockery yeah. yeah, 